Hey, my name's Julia, and welcome to the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. I left my full-time clinical dietitian job to pursue freelance work, and now I'm showing you how to do the same. If you want to learn how to make money freelancing, you're in the right place. Hey, and welcome to the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Zakshevsky, and this is the summer bonus episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome old listeners and maybe some new listeners. This summer was a really big deal for me because it was my first summer full-time as an entrepreneur. I would be totally lying if I said I have not been dreaming about this moment since last summer. And last year in July, I was really at ahead of deciding if I was going to be quitting my job or if I was going to suck it up and grit it out for another couple years just because staying in my full-time job was safe. So it was, I mean, we all know how it ended. I obviously left my job and it was really scary, but it was so worth it. This summer, I can totally give you a spoiler and say it is one of my favorite summers in my adult life. I feel so much more myself than I have in the past couple years. And I am really like flourishing both in my business, which is really great. And I'll tell you guys all about it. And just personally, I feel energetic and charged up and I just feel really good. So I'm excited to share some details with you guys about that. So let's dive in. Let me give you all the beans about what I've been up to. Nikki and I had been planning uh, quite a few like vacation style activities during July. Like we didn't book like a trip. We weren't gonna fly on a plane anywhere. Um, We were both just kind of skeptical because I live like very close to Toronto and it's such a nightmare of an airport right now. Very unreliable if flights even leave. And also I just didn't feel safe yet going on an airplane. It just felt like an unnecessary risk with COVID and stuff. Uh, So we just booked kind of local excursions around us and it was just going to be really fun. And then unfortunately life said no. (laughs) Nikki ended up catching COVID at work and then a couple days later I caught COVID Uh, so we both had to stay at home and, you know, we took care of each other. It was kind of nice that our COVID staggered a bit and we just made the most of it. We caught up on basically every show and movie under the sun. Nikki was reading a lot and I was just, uh, sitting there trying to taste different foods because I lost my taste. So I was (laughs) self-experimenting. And if anyone is curious about the results, all citrus elements, all garlic I had no taste of it whatsoever and those are like my two acid and garlic are like my two favorite flavors in cooking so yeah that was a rough week for me (laughs) I was really missing it I couldn't wait till I could eat like salad with a fresh lemon sauce again but we healed and that was really nice and then afterwards my mom and I went on a girls trip camping and that was super fun it had been a long time since my mom and I went away just us We did bring Sully, even though he's not a girl, and he was a great companion. And we swam every day, and we cooked on this, like, kind of fancy barbecue that we have that's portable. And we bought this huge tent that sleeps 10 people because it was just due for an upgrade. And I don't know about you guys, but personally, being in nature is very restorative and very healing for me. When I look around at all the trees and, you know, who have stood the test of time, it just really reminds me that my day-to-day problems are so small and I'm resilient and I can get through anything and it was very it was very nice after being sick with COVID to just go in nature and I came home and it felt like I was starting with a fresh slate. Excitingly enough 
even though I got sick in July, I was still able to keep up with my writing projects because I had planned to be off anyway. So fortunately, I had just arranged a nice schedule that was very flexible and I could still complete it even though I was sick. And in July, it was my highest earning month yet. I earned seven grand, which was really cool. I only worked 30 hours for the month. And my goal, if I mentioned at the season finale that I wanted to earn eight grand by the end of August while working less than 40 hours a month. And I am so close to doing it, guys. Like it is right there. And it's so motivating to just help me to keep pushing me forward. And if you're wondering like why eight grand, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was a random number I landed on. It's totally arbitrary. But I do know that eight is a lucky number in some cultures, so maybe that's why I was gravitating towards it. Seven is too basic. I was ready for eight. So, so yeah, that was really exciting. I had, oh yeah, so I wanted to share a tip with you. So the, the way that you will increase your income, especially if it's just a couple grand, the most obvious place to start is to message your clients who are already paying you. And you say, hey, do you have any more work for me? Or you get really creative and you expand the services you're offering and then you reach out to the client and you say, hey, I'm also, in addition to what I normally do for you, I'm also starting to offer X, Y, and Z. Do you want to add that onto your package? Like I mentioned, the people who you already work with, they know you, they trust you, they like you, they are the most likely people to pay you more money. So start there. I did that. Um... I got a little bit of a warm reception to that. They just didn't need what I was offering, which is totally fine. So I had to start pitching myself. So that's the second option there is to find new clients. And I had this experience for the very first time where, uh, okay, so this wasn't the new experience. So someone had been referred to me, which was really lovely. And I knew another dietitian who was already writing for them and had vetted them. So it was really a dream scenario and everything is going great. And just before we kind of enter the contract, part of the negotiation or the conversation, I mentioned to them, oh, by the way, I'm in the Canada. I'm in Canada. And I say, I, most of my clients are in the US and it's never been an issue before, but I know every business is different. And they got back to me and they said, oh, like, unfortunately we cannot work with international contractors or freelancers. So, you know, we're not, it's not gonna work out for this opportunity and we'll reach out if anything changes. And I was gutted. It is like I felt that opportunity, which was incredible, slip right through my fingers and there was nothing I could do about it. And it was a very good exercise in learning how to let go what you cannot control <laughs> because uh, what am I going to do? Move to the States? Like there's no solution to that. And also, I think it's obvious, but just to be super clear, it's not it's never appropriate to be like, well, why? Why don't you have rules to allow me to work with you? Like you just have to exit gracefully and also exit so that you have a lasting memorable impression that is positive. So she did say it was great chatting with you. Yada yada, really like your work. Hopefully in the future if things change we can connect again or you know, a, another very fee like realistic scenario might be that she has a friend and they need a writer and she might refer my name to that friend now. So just because a client tells you no, the road does not end there. There's so many alternate pathways that could take off and you need to make sure you are leaving a good impression. So yeah, that was that was it. And then something about me, I don't know if you guys do this ever, but uh, I started doing it more once I became an entrepreneur. I think I just like, 
I did the scariest thing of my life, which was quitting my cushy full-time job. And after that, things feel a lot less scary to me. So whenever there is a setback or I get rejection now, uh, I, I do something scary and it just helps to remind me like I'm capable, I'm confident and you got this. And so what I did that was kind of scary is I have this secret list and I don't tell anybody what it is, but there's three main clients and brands that are like my dream clients. And so I pitched one of them because I just really needed to put some wind under my wings and prove to myself that I can secure a client. And I almost died because the person responded back to me right away. They were thrilled I was reaching out. They would, they love working with dietitians. It's not something they do on the regular, but it was like absolutely up their alley. And she was sourcing around, seeing if they needed anything from me right away, any work to be done for me right away. And unfortunately they didn't, but she said again, we have projects come up all the time. Like I will absolutely keep you on the list. And this brand is in Canada. So I'm quite optimistic that we will end up working together. And that was, that felt like a win. It wasn't a win in the moment, but it's a long-term win. And like I said, it's on my top three list and it's like, it would be a dream to work for them. So that, that's like my strategy that I do whenever I feel like I need, need a W. Uh, I would love to hear what you guys do, by the way. I don't know if I'm crazy. I don't know if I'm a bit of like an adrenaline seeker now a little bit. Like it is thrilling. I like challenging myself and it does give me a bit of a rush. So I don't know if you guys can relate. Let me know because I do worry if it's like toxic or something (laughs) Um, or what you do to, to cope in those instances. So so that was my July and definitely had some really fun social events too, which has been really cool. Some friends got married, some friends got engaged, and it just feels so fun to celebrate those big milestones, how they should be celebrated, which is in person and really, really fun times. My August is shaping up to be a little bit more how I had initially dreamed with vacation and extended trips. My aunt and uncle and some you know, family members are gonna be having a reunion in Quebec, so we're all going out there. And it's making up for the trip that never was in July, so I'm super pumped for that. I definitely feel at this point in my business, I have a really good idea of how many hours I need to dedicate to different projects throughout the week. Uh, it really helps me be more organized when I go on trips and vacations now, so feeling really good. It's, it's a muscle, you just have to practice it. The first time I went away in, I think it was June, Uh, It was way harder than I expected it to be. And I made a podcast episode about that. So check it out if you're curious how that went. Something else that I have been observing about my my own journey here as an entrepreneur is realizing and doing... Okay, let me start that again. Something else that I have been reflecting on after two years of educating myself as an entrepreneur is taking stock of the full breadth of knowledge I've accumulated, both in business theory and also marketing and hard skills like SEO, writing, design. And it makes me feel like I could be making another business venture outside of nutrition and dietetics. I get these daydreams about doing stuff that's exciting in other parts of my life that aren't related to nutrition. And it makes me feel excited like I could challenge myself to create a business in that area and just see how far I get with it. And you know, that's actually how I approached freelancing. I said, let me just try this. Don't have expectations. Don't expect to make 10 grand in your first month. Just try it out and see if you like it. So I have like a couple, like, I don't know. I, 
they're really loose ideas. I can't even like say what they are yet because I just don't even know myself. But I don't know, like I really like scrapbooking. So sometimes I think like, oh, maybe I should make like a sticker business or some kind of scrapbook supply business. I really like um, seasonal wear and making cute little designs that are based on the seasons. And I love mugs. So sometimes I think about doing a print on demand business for mugs, like something like that. Uh, just like it would be more fun and creative, but I could still apply my business skills and just see how I do. I don't know when I would have the time to ever pursue that, but I, I do realize how when you learn the business skills, they are so transferable and nutrition and dietetics is great, but it's my wheelhouse and I want to push past that. And I don't know what it will be yet, but it's exciting. One thing that I always keep my eye on in the online workspace and job opportunities are what's trending and what's becoming new and available. And the biggest thing that I am seeing exploding is called user-generated content. And I think TikTok almost birthed it. Like it really is TikTok oriented, although people also perform those services for YouTube and any other video or photo-based app. And the theory is that when a user of a product creates marketing material, it incentivizes customers to buy it because it increases their trust in that product. And it's also genius because from a marketing perspective, you get to tap into all of these different creative minds online who have genius ideas. Like maybe they don't work in an advertising agency and they're a school teacher in the day, but they're still capable of being very creative and having awesome video skills. So maybe as a hobby, they become a UGC creator. Same with dietitians who love to do recipes and stuff like that. So it's fascinating to me. It's very new. And I do think it's the future. People are loving it because it also gives them an opportunity to create content for brands without them having to be an influencer. Because I think historically, that's who were, that's who was getting to do the branded content because companies knew like, oh, this person has 500,000 followers. Like that's going to be so many eyes on our product. So that's some background there. You guys should Google it, check it out. I think it's like, again, very new, but I think it is the future. Podcasting and video content, it's the future. Blogging is great and there's absolutely room for more bloggers to go into. However, the first two that I mentioned are, it's just much smaller volume of what's available online compared to blogging. So it's a good chance to get in. And that being said, I did want to quickly do a tiny plug for the podcast course I am creating. I know it is not related to freelance content whatsoever, but I get a lot of people asking, how do I start a podcast? And it's, I love podcasting. In the future, I would love to expand my freelance services to be a podcast marketing agency, a podcast support agency, and I just, I love it. It's a great, it's the greatest way to perform storytelling and build loyalty for your brand. It's also just fun as heck. You get to interview really cool people and you just never know where it's gonna take you. So anyway, that's why I love it. The point is the course is gonna be released very likely in September. I know I had said that it was gonna come out in August, but unfortunately the COVID did set me back my timeline in terms of completion rates for projects. So one more month, please be patient with me. I really appreciate it. Um, And it's gonna be worth it. I promise you that. Um, One more thing about going back kind of towards the beginning now, because I just, I did want to mention it because it was important to me. 
in January of this year, I started again daydreaming about my freelance summer and what I wanted to include. And incorporating physical activity into my lifestyle was a big goal of mine. I know so many of us can agree that, you know, we are the sedentariness in our society is bad. Thank you. <laughs> That's my TED talk. Thank you for listening to that. That was very silly, but you guys know what I mean. Like it is scary how easy it is to sit for so many hours. And I just strongly believe that movement is at least 50% of the game when it comes to managing your health. That is not a research backed statistic. That's just my beliefs based on my own experiences in my body and my own health. And the best way to stay active, I'm sure we all know, is to build a lifestyle that accommodates it. So I prioritize walking to the grocery store as often as I can. I obviously walk my dog as often as I can. And now I have been able to bike to the library, which is where I do the majority of my freelance work. And that has been one of my favorite things ever. When I'm riding my bike, even if I'm going up the biggest freaking hill, I am so grateful because it's just like, this is what, to me, this is what living is all about. Like I am out here and with every pedal, I am making my dreams come true. And I know that is so cheesy and so corny, but that is literally what is going through my brain as I am pedaling to the library to make my income. <laughs> so that's, if you ever see me in my home city cycling and I look very focused, that's what's going on in my brain because I just am trying to be practicing gratitude, I guess. Like I am very grateful for, for what I have been able to create. And I absolutely want that for you guys too. Like I mentioned, I do think the traditional RD role has lasted this long because it's been effective and it obviously appeals to a majority of people, but times are evolving, needs are evolving, financial needs are also evolving. And it's nice to see that there are so many opportunities out there for RDs. And it's not as easy. It's not as easy as just logging in and picking up one of these online jobs. It does take time and education, but the best time to start is today because you will accumulate so much knowledge before you know it. And you're going to look back and be like, oh, thank God that super hard part of getting started is over. And now I've got my rhythm and I've got these opportunities coming my way. I have done it myself and I just sincerely believe in that. And it's so cheesy, but it's true. The best day to start is today. So what's next? What I am actually most looking forward to in the next coming months is the sequel of Knives Out is going to be coming out. And I think it's called The Glass Onion. And I cannot wait to see it. We're going to try to get tickets to see it at the Toronto International Film Festival, which would be really epic. Maybe we'll see Daniel Craig. Oh my God, I would love that. He's so cool. Uh, and that's actually what I'm most excited about. I don't know if you guys think that's lame, but it's a big deal for me. Knives Out inspired me to write my own murder mystery in like the very first lockdown. I am a big murder mystery buff. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. I thought the first one was phenomenal. If you have never seen it, you are missing out and you should watch it. It's a really fun flick and like pretty star-studded too. Before I wrap this episode up, because we're not quite done yet, I did want to answer some questions that I got from listeners and I thought they were great questions. So the first one is all about posting on po job postings that are on LinkedIn for different freelancing opportunities. And the person was wondering if they're worth going after. And I said, yeah, 100% they are. I have myself applied to quite a few and some of them are really successful and I got far in and then I realized that the workload that they had in mind was just way more than what I wanted to commit. 
but that might appeal to other people. Like if you want to replace your full-time job or if you're pretty serious and want to go all in, then a lot of those job postings are going to be perfect for you. I do see some that are a little bit more casual and you should totally be applying for them. They're the real deal. The next question that I got was from an RD who has been freelance writing for the past three months. She also has a full-time job and her freelance clients are at kind of different rates. The majority of them, it sounded like, was on the lower end of the scale of what she's been charging. And she's worried about the sustainability of this model because she's trying to write enough so that she can make enough money at that rate to maybe drop down her hours at her full-time job but there's also not really enough time to do all of that work and make ends meet and still feel comfortable decreasing hours at her full-time job and this is like such a great scenario so like what do you do and she totally nailed it on the head because at the end of the email she said do i have to raise my rates and the answer is yes Unfortunately, with freelancing, the only way to scale your business is to raise your rates. You can't make a group program. You don't sell coaching packages. You got to raise your rates. So there's a couple schools of thought here. If it's a client that you've already been working with, general guidelines would be after a minimum of six months, a year is more common, you approach them and tell them that your rates are going to be increasing Uh, probably in the next 30 days. That's a common courtesy to give them heads up. You have to be okay with the fact that this client might come back to you and they might say no and we can't afford you and that's going to be the end of your work relationship and that's scary but you have to do it because if you keep on clients that are taking up your time and energy, it's great in the moment and giving you experience but it's draining you of the energy you need to pursue higher paying clients in the future. So if they say no, it sucks, but you have to have an abundance mindset and be aware that there's plenty of other fish out there and you are gonna get them. A second approach, which is uh, Jamie Brindle. I don't know if he created this, but he always talks about it on his Instagram and his TikTok. He's a really successful freelancer. He says that when you increase your rates, do it across the same time of year and you say i'm going to be to all of your clients you tell them i'm going to be increasing my rates by 50 percent five zero and you can anticipate that 50 percent of them will not be able to pay your new rate and he says mathematically that's fine because you're going to be earning what you've lost with the clients you have left because you're making double the amount of money for the same amount of work and you've opened up your calendar now to take on new clients, and those new clients are gonna start at that high rate or maybe even higher. So he says that's a strategy that he's used to build his business, and I mean, this guy is like mega successful, so I definitely would listen to him. I've never been in that spot yet where I've had to do that, so I'm just passing on his wisdom. You should go check him out. But yeah, that's what, I mean, mathematically, my brain likes that approach, I don't know if I would be brave enough to do it. I would think I would need to make my clients a little bit more robust because, yeah, I would would want to have options, I guess. It's scary. It's totally scary. And then again, so the third approach, which doesn't technically apply in this scenario, but just I have mentioned it, when you do take on new clients, that is your opportunity to charge more money. Like any job, whether it's a nine to five or a freelancing opportunity, 
before the ink is dried, that is a time when you have most power in your contract. So you negotiate the rates, you negotiate any late fees that might accrue if the client doesn't pay you on time. You talk about the deliverables, you iron out the details of how they're going to pay you, what the expectations are, because after it's signed, it is a little bit trickier to backtrack and change things. Not always, but that's when you have the most power is before it's signed. So I hope that was helpful for you. I tried to make this episode covering a little bit of everything. Let me know if there was something today that you want me to go more in depth in. It's hard because I have been away from the podcast, away from social media for about a month. So I haven't been in touch with you guys to know what you want to hear about. I, I, I miss it. I really miss it. And I'm excited to get things going more regularly in September again. I am going to be logging off now. I hope that you guys enjoy the rest of your summer. Stay safe and stay happy. Do things that challenge you a little bit every day, but make you feel excited about the opportunities that lie ahead. There's so many listeners of this podcast that have the potential and the only thing stopping you from achieving it is just by doing the thing. I know it's hard to mute that perfectionist voice in our brain and it always feels like you don't know enough to get started. But honestly, like, you know, plenty, you are a licensed healthcare professional. You got this, you can do it. So that's my word of wisdom as I log off. Alrighty. I will talk to you later before I exit. I always like to ask that if you do like the show, please consider leaving a five-star review or some love in the comment section. It really helps to build authority for the podcast and helps me secure guests for the future. Oh yeah, one last thing. And if you do have any guests in mind that you want me to interview, uh, please send me an email, drop their name, drop their socials, and I will check them out and see if they're a good fit. I have a pretty solid lineup for the fall, but I'm always curious. I want to cater it to make sure you guys are getting people you're most interested in. So I'm very curious to see if you have anyone on mind. Okay, that's it for real this time, I promise. Bye-bye. See you later. Have a great month.